thethingmedia.com. The network, oh, without constraints. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Long Term Memory, and this is episode number 50. If you're just joining us, you've got 49 episodes you can go back and listen to. If you've been with us since the start, then thank you very much. Just a quick reminder that on wrongtermemory.com and buymeacoffee.com forward slash wrongtermemory, you can give us a little bit of a donation. And if you buy us one drink, that is 10 pence an episode, which, let's be honest, is an absolute bargain. Joining me, as always, is Colin. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. I can't believe it's been 50 already. I thought this would take us a year, but it's taken us a lot about six months instead. Uh, we just give out far too much content, you and I. Well, that's it, mate. That's it. Yeah, we decided to go two a week, one a week. We're sort of chopping and changing. We, we don't really have a real set thing apart from our Monday episode, which is obviously this one. Last week, we done a question and answer session. This week, we're doing something similar, but with a slight twist on it, Colin. So, yeah. We are, yeah, um, and uh, we've got a, we've got a third um, guest with us today, or, or a third co-host for this special episode. Um, it's the wonderful Caroline Morrison, who some of you will have heard pod with us previously on other shows, other networks that we do. But she's always very, very good. So, Caroline, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you, guys. Yeah, no, I'm delighted you've asked me on. Um, I'm a big fan of the show, and uh, yeah, for the fiftieth episode as well. I feel honoured. Thank you. Yeah, um, I, to be honest, it's news to me, Carolyn, that it is show 50, so it wasn't <laughs> that well thought out, truth be told, but I'm sure Jack keeps abreast of these things. Um, today's show, um, what we're doing is we've we've been asking for this for a long, long time, um, asking for listeners to send us their problems, their issues, any sort of going concerns they've got, and we would try and answer them in proper old agony aunt and uncle style. Um, people have been submitting stuff through the question box on the Wrong to Memory website with a few emails and a couple of DMs on Twitter as well. And there's some good stuff there. And obviously, myself and Jack are men of the world. We're going to try and give our, our thoughts, our opinions, and really, really help some people today. Um, but I think you'll find with a lot of these questions, there's definitely a woman's touch required or a female mind view or viewpoints I should say that's going to definitely help things as well I think which is why you're here Caroline to offer some of the insight advice and knowledge that you're famous for. Yeah um, let's hope I can that's a a big intro but no I'm looking forward to it um, and I'm sure uh, we'll be able to to answer the questions as best we can between the three of us we should get some good advice surely. I think so. I think so. There's some there's some real pressing issues here people have given us. Then there's some I think that are maybe not so pressing, but maybe they're important to them. So we'll get cracked right into it with the with the first one. And this one comes from a listener called Joe. Um, I'm going to just first name listeners. I'm not going to obviously double name anybody today, um, even regardless of whether it's a big issue or a small one. But Joe says, "My baby is six weeks old, and I love her obviously." But whenever she sees me, she cries uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. I think she might hate me. <laughs> Any <laughs> advice? Um, I'm the only person of the panel with a child, actually, am I? So um, I suppose I should be the expert in this one. Um, I don't think she hates you. Like, at six weeks, I don't think she can even see you, truth be told. Is it not just like blocks and shapes and stuff they see at that point? So it's, it's <laughs> not going to... It's not your hideous face or anything, Joe, that's making her cry. <laughs> Fucking petrified um, of the big square person. Yeah, yeah, the big square smelly bastard. Like maybe he needs to change his aftershave or his deodorant or something. Um, but no, Caroline, I'm sure it's nothing personal between this baby and Joe, is it? Yeah, do you know, like you said, I don't have kids myself, but I do have a niece and three nephews. And 
you definitely observe that there are periods where certain parents become favourite parents and like my my brother for example would say that when his twins were younger they would go to his wife all the time um and she'd be absolutely exhausted but it changes I think when they get a little bit older um that kind of thing is is completely fluid so I guess advice in the meantime try to like get some positive association on the go so if the baby loves bath time for example then make sure you're the one doing the bath time and you're not the one doing like changing or something not quite as nice um yeah, and yeah fun guy yeah ah, exactly fun parent that's that's the way to go <laughs> jack you you are not <clears throat> a parent at all no. however i did witness you transform into the govan baby whisperer once okay. upon a time um outside a pub when one of the lads wives turned up to pick him up and had their quite new baby with them and you basically turned into mr tumble from cbb's right? <laughs> yes so, well <laughs> Like you said, I, I, I do not have children and I always got the feeling that children didn't like me and I think it's just a nervousness that you probably give off as an adult when you're holding a baby. You don't I don't know. The baby can probably feel your vibes like you feel uncomfortable and the baby starts to think like this guy doesn't have a clue what he is doing. So yeah, that was the last time I actually met a baby was outside that pub that you speak about the, the govern baby whisperer that's a very specific niche um, <laughs> your serial killer name can yeah. yeah Jesus Christ man like that is yeah unless you come from Glasgow specifically you'll have no idea what that means govern is an area in Glasgow where the pub is so yes I just repeatedly said hello little baby and tickled the baby's feet so you could try that Joe I don't know <laughs> like, I'm not one 100% sure, and I'm glad you came to my last column because I think your advice and Caroline's advice probably serves Joe a little bit better than just shouting, or not shouting in the baby's face, but being overly happy and saying, hello little baby. Uh, <laughs> yes, it was fun, man. Like I was half cut, and I think even when that just makes things easier, even speaking to babies. <laughs> like, so it's really bizarre because I always felt very awkward Speaking to babies uh, when I was a little bit younger, like I don't mind so much, so much now because I do have sort of nieces and nephews that that wear babies at a point, so you do get a little bit better at it. If this is your first child, then it might just be a little bit of practice, and like Caroline says, figuring out what the little baby enjoys and, and things like that. So yeah, it's a learning curve, Joe. I wouldn't take it personally. Like, Definitely not. I don't think babies can feel hate really at that age. No, they, they I don't, don't feel anything no. but wind and cries and sore gums and stuff at that age. And yeah, they literally, like we say, we can't. They can't see you. It's shapes and noises and smells. I don't so, know if that's actual science, is it? But <laughs> no, I think it is. I'm sure it is. I'm sure their eyes don't develop right. properly for a good, okay. a good bit longer than six weeks. Right. Okay. Um, Jack, why don't you take the next question? Because this is one that we've spoke about privately before, and I, and I remember this one's get a, a real personal story to you because it rocked your mind when you first came across this. Well, yeah, Nathan has asked, is it better to stand up to wipe your ass or to stay sat down? <laughs> now, this was a sort of, not a bone of contention, but it, it popped up in a group chat, basically. And what people will find, <clears throat> there will be people out there that have lived their whole life up until this point, they're listening to this podcast, and not realised that other people do it differently. And I still remember the exact point in my life where the penny dropped. We were sitting in a pub in Glasgow. I went to the toilet, and it was many years ago, and it was a pub where the 
the separation panel didn't go up to the roof. Do you remember these types of toilets? Yeah, they have them in America. Actually, the, other, the ones in America are worse because the, the separation panel is lower at the bottom. You can almost see up to the brim of the toilet from the uh-huh. panels. It's high at the top, but low at the bottom, and it's horrific. So I went in to do the toilet, two stalls, and I, I stand up to wipe my arse. So I stood up to wipe my bum, and my pal was sitting in the toilet next to me, wiping his arse, and he just looked up at me and said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm wiping my arse. And he went, you fucking stand up to wipe your arse. And it was like, that moment, both of our worlds were rocked absolutely rocked because I just thought like everybody stands up to write their bum and actually I'd done a study on my personal Twitter and it got about 400 votes right which scientifically makes it a valid study because I think you need over 300 for it to be like quotable basically so I got 400 votes and you'd be surprised well you might not be surprised but it was like 45% stand up and 55% sit down. So it was nearly a 50-50 split. And that has probably blown some people's minds. So, yeah, um, that's a good one, Nathan, because I, I know quite a lot about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Carol, you don't, you don't need to tell us your preference. I would never do that to you. But um, do you think this is something that's got an answer or is it really just down to personal preference, do you think? Yeah, and it makes me laugh because I remember seeing that on Jack's Twitter and the, some of the comments underneath it, you could see just how polarising this was. People are quite passionate about whatever, you know, method they choose. Um, <laughs> and for me, I, I'm probably a bit like Jack said, I really thought that everyone did it the same way. Um, I don't mind saying I prefer to sit. It seems a bit more dignified for some reason. I don't know why. There's nothing dignified about wiping paper <laughs> on your arm. <laughs> as much as it possibly can be given the situation and in my head I just don't know I think I get the impression that standing could bring the possibility that it could somehow get messier maybe not but that's just in my head so um yeah I I, I would stick with sitting I think it's the, the whole the whole scenario either sitting or standing is is an odd one anyway because there is absolutely no scenario in any other part of your life, right, where you end up getting shit on any part of your body and you think, I'll just use a wee bit of paper towel to get rid of that. There's not, a, there just isn't. There's no other place that shit could go in your body that you think a little bit of toilet paper would be <laughs> sufficient. Gagging like this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you would be, you'd be running under the water, you'd be jumping in a bath, you'd be doing everything. So um, it's, it is mad. It is a mad, mad thing. Um, I quite like going for a shower after I've done one just to be like super clean. Um, I'm not a I'm not a weirdo that has to go for a shower every time they do it, but I'm quite regular in that I tend to do my business in the morning and then I have a shower anyway, so it works out ideal. But I've, I've, for a long time, I have thought the whole toilet paper thing is a bit mad. Like you would have thought that by 2021, with all the technology in the world we've got now, we would have moved on a little bit from just rubbing bits of paper on your arse. <laughs> well, that, we that's to moist on. toilet tissue, isn't it? That's the answer. Double ply and all that, triple ply. Um, no, the answer is that what the Japanese do. Like We are 20, 30 years behind them, and I, I think there will come a point where we will have toilets that just wash our arse for you. There's one at Stoke Castle. Well, yeah, so it just needs to kick off. Just, there needs to be like an advertising campaign for, you know how they get like Jim's toilets, and the advertisers like on STV News in Scotland. <laughs> like the, the advertising has been very successful. Everybody comes up and says, your advert is great. You will have seen it. Um, 
Yeah, there needs to be one where it's just like, look at this new toilet and people will start to buy it. And then within the next, I don't know, 10, 20 years, it'll just become common form that you actually wash your ass. I just stand up, pull one cheek to the side and go fucking wild, man, to be perfectly honest with <laughs> <laughs> like, that, That's my also, method. <laughs> if, we, if, if you were to get one of those kind of new fancy Japanese toilet type things, they wouldn't be cheap, but the environmental stuff they would do in terms of saving paper and the lifetime cost, or I don't know what the standard life cycle is of a Japanese toilet, say your toilet lasts you 20 years, um, you'd probably get the money back in paper anyway over that time as well. So yeah. it's definitely one to look out for. Get somebody on Dragon's Den with the old Japanese toilets and sort <laughs> it out. Yeah. I think they need You're... the same ad agency as Diamonds had back in, like, I don't know, the turn of the the century or whatever but they yeah diamonds weren't commonly used for engagement rings and then they just had this fantastic bit of marketing made everyone believe that that was the standard by which all engagements should go and look at us now that's that's all these years later and people have been convinced to overpaying for diamonds because it has to be the way that that you get engaged to yeah they they put the thing forward it should be a month salary that you spend on an engagement yeah. ring. That was them that pushed that. They hold diamonds back to make them rarer. Yeah, yeah. So don't really see how it crosses over into toilets, but <laughs> but again, it's just a good <laughs> advertising campaign. Uh, yeah. Is what it's needed. Yeah, for sure. Um, I love this one from Rachel. Uh, can I read this one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because of the way it starts. <laughs> Dear Uncle Jack and Auntie Colin. Got <laughs> <laughs> that the oh, wrong way around, surely. Oh, come on, away you go. They know best. How do I keep things... Oh, dear, I'm going to throw this hot potato to somebody else. How do I keep things spicy in the bedroom? Uh, I've been married 10 years this year, and we have two little bastards. <laughs> oh, sounds, like, sounds like Joe in 10 years, man. Um, I mean darlings uh, that never leave us alone. And I am throwing the potato to you. Colin first. Oh, thanks, man. Um, so this is a difficult one because, wow, it's so different for every person, isn't it? Um, so what I, I did, what I do best in times of trouble, I turned to Google uh, this afternoon. <laughs> um, and <laughs> you, you know how like, you always say like, you would never, ever want anybody to ever see your, your search history on Google? That's me just added another almighty one to mine. Um, <laughs> how to spice things up in the bedroom. <laughs> um, and they gave a, a bunch a bunch of ideas. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go through the ideas and when we talk about some of them in a bit more detail. Um, talk dirty. Um, be rough. Um, apparently an OK Cupid poll said that 62% of women like having rough sex. Um, in terms of getting rough, um, the things they suggest are pulling hair, spanking, scratching, <laughs> biting, choking, holding your partner down, slapping of the breasts and the face, and just generally taking control. <laughs> right, wait a minute, sorry, this has just reminded me of a story that we get <laughs> sent in a while ago, and it was a guy, this is going to sound pretty crass, he was taking a girl from behind, and she was saying, talk dirty, talk dirty, and he got right into it, and he was talking filthy to her, being really fucking horrible, and he just looked at himself in the mirror and spat at the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> right, he got that into it that he started to like, hate himself, and he went, you're a dirty bat, and spat on the mirror. Sorry, that just popped into my head there when you were going through those options, man. That is, um, yeah, it's taken it a bit far, maybe spitting at the mirror, but... Yeah, but I don't know, spitting at the mirror, worse or better than choking somebody, uh, or just slapping their breasts. I, it's, 
I don't know. I'm not sure if you're if you're in a relationship and you're struggling a little bit with intimacy or things have gone a little bit dry, so to speak, in the bedroom. I don't know if, if step one out of that is just giving somebody's tit a big slap. I don't oh, know if that's... Slapping the titties, man. That's not, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not an option, is it? <laughs> um, it's on the list. I don't know. Um, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's on the list. Slapping up the beds or face. Slap those titties. Yeah. No. <laughs> Jesus, man. That just seems like a bad idea to me. I don't know. Like, that um that okay cupid poll as well seems high to me. Sixty two percent of women wanting rough sex. I'm not sure that's accurate. Jack. Oh, um I'm I'm just gonna throw the hot potato. Uh, <laughs> uh, pass the potato rapidly. Caroline, female perspective here, please. Yeah, do you know what? That that poll is a funny one because like you say, if sixty two percent like it then there's a fair good chunk that that don't so yeah you, you've got to ask your partner before like you say you just decide to slap yeah, their vest <laughs> that's not going to go down well to be honest so yeah a bit of chat and do you know what if your partner's telling you what they like and what they don't like I suspect that's going to spice things up on its own before you actually get round to it um and I don't know you guys are obviously uh, both in long-term relationships so you've probably got more of the answers here than me but I don't know I kind of I would guess that spontaneity is key like when you're with someone for a while it's easy to fall into routines and you know what works well so it can get a little boring but yeah spicing it up <laughs> without just you know hitting someone's boob randomly um, <laughs> is gonna help I think and plus for your two cherubs uh, your two little darlings if you can pay anyone to just for an evening take them and get away uh let loose for a bit then then that would be my best advice yeah um, um, yeah definitely jack one of the other things that it mentions on this website that could really liven up things apparently is a, a big section just called swallowing um <laughs> now right, okay it I'm says you take that smell. <laughs> well, I'll describe it and you can give me your thoughts, right? So basically no. what, what, what they're saying is mm. um, polls find that most people who give blowjobs to climax swallow the ejaculate. Mm. Um, if you or your partner has objected to this in the past, why not consider giving it a try? Swallowing semen is naughty, taboo, and some believe intimate. In other words, a great thing to try in bed with your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Um, they've got a little bit of information here for the health conscience. Um, semen is 97% water it's non-fattening right so no calories and actually only contains about 2% sperm and if there's a slight metallic taste from it that's actually zinc which is actually an essential mineral um, <laughs> yeah that, that's how you sell it <laughs> <laughs> oh no you're not feeling well you need um, some zinc in no. there is a few things you can do to um, sweeten the deal as well apparently um, if a partner objects to the taste of semen the man can do a few things to improve the taste they can eat a lot of fruit or drink fruit juices that reportedly improve the flavour. Um, whereas smoking cigarettes, drinking alcohol, eating broccoli, sprouts, meat, coffee, or deep fried fruit apparently befouls the taste. That's even probably taste like shit then. <laughs> <laughs> befouls, what a great word. Oh, right. Um, I don't want to really speak about this, to be honest with you. Um, like... We are, uh, yeah, in a sort of longer term relationship, but we're like sort of having sex at the bottom of the bed, like, high fiving yourself, like, yes, <laughs> like that. That's <laughs> exciting to me. So, hello, friends. Colin here. The looks, the charm, and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes 
that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate life is a little bit shit just now and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory and you'll be able to get early access to shows ad free and lots of bonus content. No, man, there has been some decent advice. Getting away, yeah, I think that's probably a good thing that, that Caroline's mentioned there would be, yeah. Get the kids out of the way. Maybe do a little bit of dressing up, maybe, I don't know. Like, a little bit of sexiness, a little bit of lingerie or something. Then that might help, again, speak. Actually, have the conversation with your wife. That, that, I think that's the, the simplest thing to do here, is just be open about it, yeah. And, I think that's and it, she yeah. would it leads, yeah. I think that's bang on. I think um, we've kind of tongue in cheek mentioned a few things here, but I think the key to anything is speech and uh, openness and a little bit of understanding. And if you can't speak to your partner about this, then what chance have you got? So that's yeah, speak, speak to each other. Um, Luke, Luke, Luke takes us in a completely different way. <laughs> so, um, Caroline, do you want to read Luke's same question? Problem. Okay. Uh, Luke is looking for some advice on good, healthy, regular meals that can be cooked uh, for the family. You, you know, I don't know about you two, but I'm a little bit of a foodie and I very rarely pick the healthy dinner option. That said, if there's ever a time when I'm looking to be good, then I don't know. I try to avoid big meals, like stick to something lighter, but it's just so boring. Do you know, I'd love to say that, oh, I'll have soup for my dinner and that'll be you know, completely filling and I love it. It's it's never good. <laughs> it's just, it's always a bit depressing, isn't it? So I don't know. Yeah, soups, if you can manage it, if you're not too hungry, I think. If not, something with eggs. Eggs, like, I think are quite filling, but they're not, yeah, they're not that um, calorific, if that's the word. So maybe an omelette or poached eggs or something. Oh, I did find, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name of a brand on this show, am I? Yeah, yeah, they might get in contact. They won't, uh, <laughs> but they might and send us some free stuff. So we'll fire in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did notice that Hovis have um, a type of bread that's only 50 calories a slice. And I thought, that's pretty good, actually. You can have a couple of slices of toast for 100 calories. Yeah, so, actually. yeah, um, that's my top tip for dinners, though. I can't think of of any dinners that are particularly low calorie. Um, boys, st- do you have any suggestions here? Well, I'd, other other than obviously avoiding broccoli, Brussels sprouts, coffee, yeah. fried food, and yeah. stuff like that, um, I've recently I've started trying to eat a little bit healthier. Recently, um, I'm about forty, forty three, forty four days into a bit of an eating detox sort of thing, where I've actually been using a meal prep company for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and you're doing great with it, mate. Well done, stick to it, man. You're doing nice. well. Oh, thanks, man. Cheers. Um, yeah, I think I've lost about twenty nine pounds or something in that oh, time. Amazing. Yeah. So um, it's 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 hard work though, right? And it's it is miserable, even though the food's great. So I'm using a company called K Prep, and they're excellent. They send me um, overnight oats, um, all made up for each day, like Biscoff flavor or chocolate flavor, for about M and M's in them for the morning, and then like kind of prepared meals for lunch and dinner that are all less than 500 calories um and they are really really good um the big difference that i would probably say between using them and just cooking from my own is that there's no leftovers there's no second helpings to go and get and stuff like that so you very much just eat your dinner and that's you 
Um, don't get me wrong, it's it's difficult because there's not been a day gone by that I've not wanted a pizza or wanted a Chinese, um, wanted crisps, etc. Um, but it has been a really good way of doing it. Um, I think it's cost me about fifty pound fifty pound a week. I think it's costing for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, which when you're working from home and not spending coffees and work canteens and stuff like that, I think it's actually quite reasonable. Um, yeah, that's good actually. I think the average that you would spend normally anyway would I think in Britain is twenty nine pounds or thirty pounds you would spend normally on a single person for food anyway. Yeah. I can understand it is nearly double, nearly. But if you're if you're very health conscious like that and you want to make it a little bit easier, get tips and tricks and like not have to think about what to cook, not have to come up with ideas, then a, a meal prep plan is probably um I don't know about a whole family, that might be a bit of an issue I suppose. So as it's, like, yeah, it's a bit yeah. for a whole family. And then the other thing with this as well is that my wife's not doing it. She's still cooking for herself every night. So we're not we don't have that nightly sort of discussion anymore about whose turn it is to cook dinner and stuff. Um but I think she's actually quite happy as well because Lisa, like just anyway, as a matter of fact, eats far healthier than I usually do. And I think she probably cooked things that she knew I liked a lot that probably weren't her first choice to have and stuff like that. So now she's probably eating even healthier dinners than normal because she doesn't she doesn't have to look at their ingredients and think, right, Colin doesn't like that, it doesn't like that, it doesn't like that. She's able to make like I don't know, like broccoli sandwiches and stuff that's healthy that she likes. <laughs> so that sounds, she doesn't eat broccoli sandwiches, but she just eats I know, food. I know. Um, um, I'm a very picky eater. Like I am good. like I'm very picky. I've got the palate of a child basically. I don't think I think my mother just, when I was young, I don't know if I was a wee bastard maybe, but like I didn't eat a lot of like greenery and stuff like that when I was younger. And I, as an adult, I'm very much, there's a lot of things that I've never tried. And this that might sound bizarre to people, but I know for a fact that I wouldn't like it. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's hard <clears throat> to get your mind out of that. There's not many things I've changed my mind on food-wise. Um, mushrooms is probably the only one in recent years that I detested and now I quite enjoy, but only after really small. Um, the other good thing about the weekends, I cook normally on a Saturday and a Sunday, and I got a ninja foodie recently, which is like a nine-in-one kitchen gadget thing, and it's got an air fryer included, and that's really good for making stuff that's doesn't seem that healthy, but actually can be quite healthy if you just cook it slightly differently. So have a look into something like that as well. Yeah, staying on topic, actually, we'll move on to a question from George. Um, do you wash a chicken before you cook it? No, you like, certainly do not. Like, I don't fucking understand. <laughs> like, no? What, what the fuck does that mean? Like, like, I'll be honest, if we buy chicken, we very rarely buy... We buy chickens in bags, basically, you stick in the oven for an hour and a half. But when we... Before that was a, a more common thing. I have never washed a chicken in my life, no. No, you shouldn't. It's mental. It's... you. They... The the government advice is not to do it because you're basically just fucking flying bacteria and all sorts of things all around your kitchen every time you do that. Um, I think this comes from, there is some countries that do it a hell of a lot. I know Jamaica is one of them. Um, I think one of the reasons they do it more uh, more prevalently is that they... Have dirty chickens? No, no it's not that they've got dirty chicken <laughs> and the chickens aren't like spitting each other and slapping each other's boobs and that. They're just... Um, <laughs> Well, they they tend to 
they, they make a rub for their chicken. They they sometimes will <laughs> put the chicken in jerk sauce and yeah. sauce, and they'll leave it <laughs> marinating for years and years and stuff like that. And they will need to clean that off sometimes. And I think that's what it comes about. But Caroline, we spoke we spoke about this the other day. There's literally wars on TikTok and stuff between different videos of folks swearing that you should do this and some folks saying you shouldn't, isn't there? Oh yeah, there really is, Jack. This could be your next Twitter poll, and I'm sure you'd get hundreds of responses again because again people are passionate about the, the right answer to this but you get the the real extreme probably a little bit crazy people who literally put like dish soap fairy liquid on their chicken <laughs> what <laughs> right, fucking rewing fairy liquid yeah it's true no well dawn or whatever the american equivalent is they'll be putting that on their chicken before they clean it but i think typically most people wash it with like a bit of lemon juice a bit of vinegar maybe a bit of salt or something which is surely that's seasoning that that's different from washing a chicken like (laughs) like you don't fucking stick it in the bath or stick like uh, right okay sorry for interrupting but (laughs) But that's 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 what they do before seasoning yeah Yeah, it's like pre-seasoning Get, but I don't know. I'm, I'm probably somewhere in the middle. I would always maybe just gently run it under the tap. But I don't know. I remember home economics in school. It was a big no-no to to kind of do too much with chickens. Like you say, you're just going to fly bacteria everywhere. So, yeah. yeah, somewhere in the middle is probably the normal response. But it seems to be people are really passionate about doing things one way or the other. Just by checking in a bag. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a here's an interesting one from Mr. M. Um, I have a lockdown addiction to Korean romantic dramas <laughs> to the degree that I will literally spend my days in my shorts crying at how beautiful they are. It started because the women are beautiful, but now I'm fully invested. Please help me get my manhood back, boys. Wow, wow. Mr. M. Jesus. Um, get to the get to the local, right? Get yourself a, a bag of tinnies, maybe six Stella especially. Get uh, a white vest, like maybe something you would maybe wear on holiday. Stick that on, phone your pals and say, morn round and watch the football. And even just to kid on to your mates that you're not a massive wet behind ears maniac. Like, sh- like. If you're not into football, just Google football in terms of just shout them randomly. Try and get that man vibe back because that is one of the most bizarre things I've ever heard. <laughs> like romantic, oh, Korean romantic dramas. Right, Where do up. you find them? Korean. Oh, how do you come across <laughs> with? <laughs> 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 Where do you watch it in the UK? In Netflix, basically. There will be. We've spoken about this before. The categories in Netflix. There will be a. Korean romantic drama category on Netflix and he's probably stumbled across it one day. I don't know what made him put on the first one. That's what that's a typical point. Women, he says. Right, the women well, are beautiful, right, that's what got him into it. So uh, he's were into it probably with manly intentions and became like a woman a, watching right, it. Right. When you say manly intentions it's just, like, just to look at... Perving. Perving, yeah. Is that what his manly intention was there? Like, I think so. Yeah because, <laughs> yeah, because you're going to get as much out of a Korean romantic drama as you will out of a Korean porno, because in the porno, all their bits would be pixelated. So oh, is, you, that, is that the case, much. is it, Colin? How do you know that? Yeah. Because we did a show about porn ages ago that came up <laughs> yeah. on that. Um, so here's the thing, though, right? I'm going to go slightly different from you, Jack, right? I think he should embrace his Korean romantic dramas because he's enjoying them. See if something's reducing them to tears about how beautiful they are. Why would you want to remove that from your life? 
we've all picked up little habits and little new interests during lockdown and things we've enjoyed that we'd never watched before. I watched eight seasons of Below Deck during lockdown, something I would never have thought about watching, but I watched it and I loved it. I started watching Married at First Sight Australia, loved it. And I'm now watching Grey's Anatomy. So other than the fact that my shows are in English, I'm not far enough. I'm not that far away from this guy. Yeah, but that's that. The only reason I said, like, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, if if you enjoy something, like, I was kind of, I wasn't kidding on because the question was help me get my manhood back. <laughs> so I was trying to give him advice to try and act more manly and be more manly. But yeah, I I agree. Like, yeah, go for it if you really want to. But that wasn't the question I was answering. Basically. That's fair enough. Have you, have you picked up here? anything new in lockdown? Any new interests? <laughs> Well, now I'm thinking, am I sleeping on Korean romantic comedies? Is there something excellent that I'm, I'm missing out on here? Um, the only way I can really kind of identify with this is I have got right into TikTok. I must admit, I can spend hours just scrolling through pointless videos. But one thing that I absolutely love is that there's a lot of videos on Chinese and to a lesser extent, Korean street fashion. But the videos are fantastic. Like they're just such cool stylish people I've got complete envy from that side of things so I, I get it a little bit it's kind of quite interesting it's a bit novel it's a bit new but yeah I think the only way the only way to get over this is to replace it with something um just yeah completely manly if you really want to stop it and that's your and that's your take on it yeah get the football on get the rugby on <laughs> whatever you can replace this for just until you know you're you're over the obsession go with it yeah, I think um, you shared some of these with me the other day, Caroline, the the Korean um, <laughs> TikTok videos. And Jack, you're, you're sleeping on this as well, perhaps, because you would love this shit because they're designing fashion based on some of what they think are popular English words or sayings. And the, the translations aren't quite right in some of them. So there's people jumping about with a sweatshirt on that says, the moon is very blight, <laughs> like people's eyes. Oh, my God, the, like the, the L in it instead of yeah. blight. Like, <laughs> um, there is only one moon but it lights bring in heart the moon lights up there <laughs> and then there's a t-shirt that just says you shut up art repeat angry be careful <laughs> so yeah it's, it's, it, is some, it is some good stuff very good that, stuff like, flip reverse on that I've seen um, a woman on some social network the other day that had posted a picture of her Japanese or Chinese symbol tattoo and somebody sent her a message saying, you know that says water bottle? <laughs> oh no. That's like the, I'm sure there was, a, there was a story years ago about a guy that got a tattoo and it was the Chinese symbol for chicken fried rice. He just goes into the restaurant and he puts his wrist down on the table. <laughs> oh no way. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. You know what? I, I've, got, I've got respect for people that get a tattoo on their body for the rest of their life, just so they've got one funny anecdote. I think that's brilliant to commit to that. I really do. <laughs> that's, good. Oh. that's very, very good. Um, okay, I'll give us the next question. It comes from Pete. Um, as you're both getting on a bit, cheers, Pete. Um, what do you find most difficult doing nowadays, which you had no problem doing when you were young, strapping lads with firm thighs and luscious hair? I'm 52 and wouldn't mind a ball bag lift as it's getting <laughs> lower and lower. <laughs> um, wow, okay. Um, I'm not sure there was anything getting particularly more difficult. I've, I've noticed that it does take me a little bit longer to get going in the morning 
Um, like when I get out of bed, I am stiff as a board, um, which can be a bit risky if you wake up desperate for a pee. Um, <laughs> but apparently, I, I read some. I've been reading quite a lot about sleep recently because I'm trying to improve my sleep because it is a joke how bad mine is. Um, that even when you do get out of bed, you should never just get leap out of bed. Leaping out of bed's a bit of a myth. You should actually kind of like slide your legs out and sit up on the side for about 30 seconds or so as the blood starts to flow through your body again and then fully stand up. And that's actually the best way to get out of bed. Um, but that's probably the only thing I could probably say personally is that I'm very stiff when I wake up um, all over for you to make a joke. <laughs> I think the fact that you have to plan how you get out of bed now is a sure yeah, sign you're getting older. Sick, yeah. <laughs> but no, I agree with you that just generally as well, like, if you're on the floor, getting up from the floor when you're 20, you don't even notice. It's just like completely yeah. easy. When you get older, it just you have to think about it a bit more. And that's, that's <laughs> annoying. Up, yeah. 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 You used to lie on the floor and watch the telly and it was really comfortable. Yeah. No, imagine doing that now. No. I've got a terrible habit that, talking about my child's palate, I've got a terrible habit of, even when I'm on the couch, putting one of my legs under another leg like cross-legged almost but only one leg crossed if you understand what I mean and that definitely hasn't helped my legs over time because they're, they're sore quite a lot I'm 35 and I've started making lots of noises when I sleep supposedly now and Karen was saying the other night like she normally stays up later than me um, to watch her TV shows or whatever <clears throat> and I was the last couple of months, suppose I'm going to bed and can is mortified. She says it sounds like I don't know what the neighbours would think mm-hmm. because it sounds like I'm doing oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh <coughs> <laughs> and I don't know when this is only started the last couple of months supposedly. So have I got to that tipping point in my life where I'm now the weirdo that sleeps like that because I've never been a, I've never been a big snorer. I've never made a lot of noise, but yeah, the last couple of months, that has been a big change, according to Karen anyway, it's just the, the amount of noise See. that I make when I'm sleeping, like, as if when I turn over or whatever, it, it's a fucking struggle when I'm sleeping, like it, like an absolute, oh, Jesus Christ, motherfucker, come on, <laughs> like, I don't like, so that, like, I suppose maybe, yeah, that's me just reached that point now, and it's not going to get better, I don't think, <laughs> unless I was to maybe go on a health kick, but um, I don't know if I will. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. But yeah, I can um, I can get on board with the sleeping thing as well because, as I was saying, I was trying to try to do a bit better with my sleep and be looking into it and stuff like that. And one of the things I did was I downloaded an app called Pillow, um, which syncs between your phone and your Apple Watch, and right. it basically analyzes your sleep and gives you a rating and stuff like that. So if I just look at the other, a random night's sleep from last week, so. This other night, I slept between 4.23 in the morning and 5 past 8. Right. I'm about four hours, yeah. Oh, my God. So I, I slept for three hours and 42 minutes is what I slept for. Um, my sleep quality was rated at 28%. Right? And what this app also does is it tracks your heart rate while you're sleeping. And it also kicks in your phone's microphone if it hears sounds above a certain decibel. And it records them and lets you play them back. Um, so my heart rate that night um, on average was 67 but went as low as 59 and as high as 85 at one point but here's the kicker Jack you said you're noisy 
During that three hours and 42 minutes, whatever it was, my phone made recordings 144 times. That's um, oh noise. 15, 15, that's like a noise a minute, almost, or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not like quite, but a noise every couple of minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, I know the next question is coming up is for me to press play. And one of these, I'm not going to do it, because genuinely, this the noise that I make snoring is horrific. It's awful. I think part of your Christmas bloopers show, you should you should stick that in there. <laughs> oh, oh, I would die honestly. I couldn't do it. I, I just I just couldn't do it. No chance. Yeah. Um. So I mean that that's probably what you're saying, Pete, is uh, try and be a bit more mobile. <laughs> um. You're 52 though, mate. I think maybe your best days are gone. Um. You don't I mean, need to wash your hair at 52, mate. Like or some thighs. Like you're 52. Yeah, and you say your ball bag's getting lower and lower. How, how low is it actually going? Um, to that you're actually thinking about a ball bag lift and how much is a, a, ball, a ball bag? A ball, bag a ball bag, osh, ball bag No, no. What would you call that? I don't know. A, a ball bag plastic. It would be. Yeah, that's when you. Yeah. <laughs> Not a tuck. A ball bag tuck. Oh, I was trying to use the real scientific term, Colin. Come on. Oh well, listen. I've been watching Crazy Anatomy now for three and a half seasons. I'm pretty much a surgeon now. Um, they would call it a tuck, I think. Okay, um, but a plastic as surgery, like that's the technical term, mate. So uh, we, we can speak about this off air, right? When you're surgeon all working week, you don't want to talk about it in your downtime. I just yeah, exactly. simplify it for you. Do you know what, Colin, Caroline? I think that's enough advice for one day. I think it's been brilliant so far. We will be back with you next week, I suppose, with some more advice, Colin. Yeah, yeah. Let's. There's, there's been. We got quite a good response in terms of questions, so let's split it in half. Uh, this is episode 50. We'll be back next week with part two for episode 51. You know, then you're bye. Bye. That's <laughs> 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 us. Browse only the best pods in the best network. Quite the thing media.com